Amen. <clears throat> so on this Wednesday, the third week of Epiphany, God is calling us to see the importance of a mission. That means everything for our lives and in our lives and for our lives together here in this parish. This mission brought our Lord Jesus from the mansions of heaven to the poverty of earth. Our freedom was at stake. In our text, St. Luke brings us face to face with Jesus, a man with an extraordinary mission. He makes us keenly aware that the important mission to which our Lord is committed, the years of his ministry, was empowered by the Spirit. Just listen to the text. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, that's verse 14. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, verse 16. Nazareth, this little place with ordinary people, would see and hear great things because the one who stood in its synagogue and walked the streets of Nazareth was, after all, God in the flesh filled with all of the Holy Spirit's power. Here, in the synagogue, our Lord declared the truths of God. He was there, silencing once and for all the shallow talk of people who said that they did not need to worship in the house of the Lord because God can be worshipped in nature, or anywhere, for that matter. For the people of Nazareth, the synagogue linked the present with the past. It connected the mission of Jesus Christ with the rich meaning of Israel's long history as a covenant people. Here was no ordinary teacher, and people in Nazareth simply could not dismiss the point of his work among them. We can take heart in the fact that the Lord is still at work in our world. We may wonder at times about where all this action of our Lord is taking place. The evidence may not always be seen. No flashing lights or tongues of fire tip us off to a change of heart and mind, or new attitudes among those whom we know. But make no mistake. The Savior is not bound. The arm of the Lord is not shortened, nor is his power diminished. It does not always feel like he's around, especially in light of the very difficult year we just went through. But Jesus is still working. He does what needs to be done, working, working tirelessly to call us to repentance and to call us to faith in him working through the gospel to teach us about new life. In John 9, chapter 9, verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So, would it surprise you to know that our Savior's mission is frequently accomplished through people like you and I. That is one way that you can give glory to Him, 
and spreadest fame to the regions where life takes you. The New Testament believers were proud to be partners with, with the Lord Jesus. They relied on his unchanging promise when he said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witness, witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In that power, they took bold steps forward, following the Lord's pattern that taught in the synagogues, the towns, and saw the promises of God fulfilled before their very eyes. But you know, it is happening right here, in our church, in our community. And we must not close our eyes to the evidence. The closer walk with Jesus that is evident in so many of our lives all attest to the fact that the Savior's extraordinary mission among us is richly blessed by the Spirit. We are on Christ's mission, attended by the Holy Spirit. Look how many kids are in our church, even tonight, and in our school at any given day. Look at how many gift requests were filled from that angel tree that we had out there with 30 kids requesting uh, gifts. Look at the good we do through the Mercy Care Ministries where upward of 40 people hear the law and the gospel on a regular basis and experience Jesus' love through the things we do for them. So now let's go back to our text. St. Luke does not leave us guessing about the reasons that our Lord, Lord's mission was so crucial. Here is a mission which has as its target the primary needs of all people. Many people have trouble distinguishing between what they want and what they really need. There in the synagogue where he preached, he focused the sharp, clear, bright light of the truth on the needs of mankind. Taking the book of Isaiah in his hands, Jesus found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. In the secular world, psychologists affirm the fact that all of us have basic needs, such as food, shelter, safety, and the love, love and care of others. Who would quarrel with their affirmation? Not all of them would, however, agree that there are basic needs of the Spirit. For these needs, only the Gospel, only the good news about the love and mercy of God in Jesus Christ, only the truth about the cross and the power of the resurrection will do. Our Lord did not live on the fringes of a never-never land talking about the unreal world or the unreal conditions of people. He saw the basic needs which touches life on all its planes, physical and spiritual. He was leaving no doubt 
interesting that a cup of water given to a thirsty was no, a noble act, and the sharing of the gospel was the water of life for a thirsting soul. When there, when there was no self-help project available for the poor, when there was no quick fix on the market for the brokenhearted, when there was no possibility of rescue for prisoners, when there was no hope of corrective surgery for the eyes of the blind, Christ our Lord stepped into the breach. His extraordinary mission focused on the deep hurts and he did something about it. There are accounts of the Gospels of the blind coming to Jesus, begging for his help and healing. Some were given sight, countless others with eyes to see, were given the sight to see that Jesus of Nazareth was more than a carpenter's son. He had come on a mission to invest his life in a bloody death, to gather sheep who were wandering and lost without a shepherd. He had come to set men, women, adults, and children right with God, to rescue them from the oppressing prisons of rebellion and death into which their sin has cast them. What a fantastic and gracious word. It is so characteristic of our Lord that he should leave this passage with glows, which glows with God's compassion. You cannot do battle with this text and walk away from it without understanding a little better that Jesus Christ, a man on an extraordinary mission, was perfectly clear about what the primary needs of the people were. The text is a strong encouragement for each of us to get back to basics as we think about the deep personal needs that reach far beyond all those gadgets and things that we have, which so frequently cause our preoccupation. Luther understood the basics of our life and wrote about them in the Lodge Catechism, where he said, when, the we, when we were created by God the Father and had received from him all kinds of good things, the devil came and led us into disobedience, sin, death, and all evil. We lay on the God's wrath and displeasure, doomed to eternal damnation as we had deserved. There was, no, there was no counsel, no help, no comfort for us, until this only and eternal Son of God, in his, in his immeasurable goodness, had mercy on our misery and wretchedness and came from heaven to help us. Those tyrants and jailers now have been routed, and their place was taken by Jesus Christ, the Lord of life and righteousness, from the jaws of hell, won us, made us free, and restored us to the Father's favor and grace. He has taken us, he has taken to us his righteousness, wisdom, power, life, and blessedness. <clears throat> the days of this epiphany season are God's acceptable year. This is verse 19 from the text. His time of grace for us. The cross an open tomb are the sure signs that our Lord accomplished his mission. But he has not given up on his search to seek and save the lost or to draw us near him. Some churches have signs outside with the bold words, Christ is the answer. 
Well, this is more than a trite or one cliche. It is true. Christ is the answer. Jesus is still the answer for our brokenness. His extraordinary mission is still significant because through it we are free. We have freedom. As his free people, we have the privilege of going on that mission. By the power of the Spirit, we can speak to the real needs of people and can declare to them, you are free. What an extraordinary mission to be on. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.